Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. Welcome to episode 19, Micromanager. Join us as we chat about the ways we micromanage our equine friends through our thoughts, our bodies, and our energy. This episode, we talk about the importance of self-awareness, our energy centers, fear, and how it impacts our time with our horses, and more. Can't wait to spill the tea with you. As always, if something in this episode resonates, please share it. And um, if you're interested to go deeper, check out our membership right in the show notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Last episode, we talked about um, time. And wow, I'm surprised I remembered that because we did not do our little recap. <laughs> but was, we talked about. I was just leaning forward to grab my phone to be like, this is what we talked about. Last. I was like, oh, and she's going. And we're going. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, the biological clock that women supposedly have and how we feel like we don't have enough time or we need more time. Um, it was actually a really good episode. Um, so if you missed that, check it out today. We haven't really decided what we're starting on, but I was going to tell Amber this story about a horse that I talked to earlier today. So why not just start with that and we'll see where it goes. Before we got on the pod, we were talking about these clinics that Amber hosts and how she has a plan to help horses like regulate through scary stuff, but she works on the human first and then none of the horses are spooking at all. So <laughs> it sparked my memory of this horse that I talked to today. And it's just so cool to like talk with horses and hear what's important with them and like the things that they remember. So like I just am listening to like what she has to say about her body and she was actually really funny because I guess she had a lesson this morning and the horse like immediately well firstly I went to connect with her and I said her name and she freaking whinnied I could hear her in the back and the person was like oh my god she just whinnied so they're really <laughs> cute and she like totally like audibly said hello to me and then immediately like whips around and looks at her back and is like, I hate this saddle pad. Like, what is this? And she was like, oh my gosh, she totally buffed in my lesson today. And I had to use a new saddle pad on her. And I was wondering if that was the issue. And she was like, yeah, everybody's looking at my stifle. It is not my stifle. It's this saddle pad. And then this horse, like she has this whole, it's like she had this whole conversation planned out and was like, okay, anyway, something is going to happen this weekend and it's going to be someone coming in and I can see her prepping the barn and she's got a stall ready inside of the barn. And then something is happening in the field. And I need to know if it's the person that parks the trailer in the way of my window. And the person was like, yeah, we're having this clinician. Like we work with them every couple of months. Um, or they do like four a year or something like that. And the horse was just cracking me up because she was like, who's going in that stall? And the person like said the horse's name and she was like, oh, thank God. And like took a deep breath and, and was like, okay, that's cool. And then she wanted to know who the clinician was or like what was like she knew she was going to be ridden in something. And the person was like, yeah, and this person brings his two horses 
And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, the, the two tiny ones, because this is like a big Frisian. And the guy, I guess, is like a natural horsemanship and he brings his two like quarter horses to demo mm-hmm. on. And she was like, yeah, he's got two quarter horses and like they're going to go in that field. And as soon as she said that, the horse was like, hold up, wait a second. Is he going to park his trailer in the way again? Because <laughs> when he parks his trailer in the way, I can't see out towards that field. And I thought it was so interesting because the way the horse describes it, she showed the trailer like blocking her entire view. Um, But when the person described it, the person was like, she can still go out into her paddock and see, but if she hangs her head out of the aisle way and looks over, it's kind of like blocking her view because like the plug-in is there. Mm. And that was so interesting to me because this horse has the personality of like keeping tabs on everybody. And like, she's always got to know like where everyone is and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy that like, even though she can see them out of the back of her stall, she's like, it bugs her enough to bring it up to me to like, say like, hey, I don't like when the trailer's like in that area. And then she like stepped aside um, to show me this old horse that, um, that the person used to use in the clinics. And I guess he can't be used anymore because he's got like massive ring bone. He's like 27 and, and his body is kind of deteriorating. And she was like, he had something to say. And she never gives up her time. Like she's like a horse that is like super specific. <laughs> and he comes in and is like, I really want to be part of the clinic. Like can someone, and you know, what's so weird is they showed me in order for me to get this image. Correct. They showed one of your mirror sessions and like one of the horses just like standing over a person. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, this horse like totally wants to be involved. Like he wants to be part of the clinic, even though he can't. And so um, she's going to put him in the round pin with like a hay net so that he can like be part of the clinic and like keep everything out. But I thought it was so interesting that like I saw one of your mirror sessions and like it was like an image because obviously I haven't been to a live mirror session, but I've seen like the videos and stuff. And I totally like saw that where the horse was like off to the side, like participating, but didn't have to be like part of the clinic. And yeah, so he gets to be involved. And I don't know, that's my fun story for today. Cause I thought it was super cute. Like all the stuff that she noticed knows that like, she's going to be in the clinic. Wasn't even worried about what she was going to do in the clinic. She was just like, gotta know who's going to be in these stalls and where the trailer is going to be parked. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so cool. interesting. Cause I think about that stuff, like our stories about what's important and like what's actually important to them are so vastly different you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. slowing down and being like oh but like how do you feel about this and kind of asking and waiting to see I talked I think was it the last time where I did we talk about the slow walking um Mm -hmm. and and part of what came up for me on one of my slow walks was validation around like the things that are scary or whatever and how we like constantly invalidate them or just like no it's fine like trust me it's fine and we're always sort of doing that and we were just before we got on this call we were riding around the property and I taught a group lesson this morning so I just basically sat on my horse so he didn't really get worked so he's just kind of stood out there with me and so we went to ride around the property so he's slightly fresh And we got to the corner of the property and there's like a huge oak tree and this big vine and you can't really see the other side of it and the streets there. And there's somebody mowing the lawn with a lawnmower that sounds like possibly this will be the last time it mows a lawn. (laughs) It was really outrageous. And so he was like 
like stopping and slowing down. And I was like, you're totally right. That sounds sketchy and you fully should be concerned. And then I kind of went into gratitude around like, I'm so grateful that you're so aware when something is different because that could definitely keep us safe. I just had this whole conversation with him and I just let him be tense and I just didn't intervene. I just validated for him and he totally softened. And usually in those moments, I have supported him in the way of just redirecting his focus where I'll just like pick up on my reins and like, I'll soften the tension he's holding in his body or I'll put my leg on. I do a little bit of lateral work to kind of like squeeze out all of like, you know, and kind of break that pattern. But today I was just like exploring, like, I wonder if you could walk through this, if I just validated the fact that you were concerned, like, and my whole lesson today was like, get curious, like what happens if you let go of your reins and use the necro? What happens? So I was already in that mode. And so when I did that and he totally like, like walked and he was like, (laughs) and then he was like, okay. And we're good. You know, like his nervous system was doing what it was supposed to do. But if I was a person in that moment or just same person having a totally different day, my story about what was happening right in that moment could have turned into like this huge, complete other situation so fast, right? And so easily because they're so sensitive to that stuff. You know what I mean? It's so wild to think of like how quickly a situation can turn into heightened overwhelm and a disaster (laughs) versus like just validating and and shifting your energy and going, oh, okay, let me just, let's just see what happens. If you were to get worried and we're in my head, I was like, if he gets worried and like wants to run off, I'll just pick up my hand and help him. But like, I'm going to give him the chance to do it first, you know, and see what he can manage on his own. And then I'll step in and support him if he needed it. But yeah, it just like got me thinking of all these, like how much our stories like affect what happens in our lives with them and like for them and their experience and ours. I don't know. It's so crazy. It is crazy. And how we kind of get into like that micromanagey mode. I think this all goes back to, I feel like my life changed when you were like, you have to be like safe and secure in who you are first. And you have to be like, okay, on your own, regardless of what the horse is doing. Like you shouldn't need them to pay attention to 24 seven. You shouldn't need them to do a certain thing. Like you should be able to feel happy regardless of what they're doing. And like, there was just a, I I feel like I always knew that, but there was a way that you said it. Like, I can't remember if we were on the podcast and I had this revelation or if it was just like Mm -hmm. one of our conversations, but like, ever since you said that, I'm like, wow, it's so crazy because everything that I grew up learning, I'm like deconstructing, like make sure that his eye is on you and don't allow them to do this or that. And like, it's almost like we're manifesting shit hitting the fan because we're constantly Mm -hmm. like, fearful about stuff. And I, I just spent a bunch of time with my mom and you knew this was going to come up. So we were just talking about her. I was noticing like with her and like walking the dog and stuff, how she immediately was like, Oh, we can't turn this way because sometimes there's dogs that way. And they jump on the fence and they scare him. And she had this whole story built up and And I was like, no, I want to like, so then I provoked her and I was like, well, I want to go that way now. (laughs) And so we went that way because I wanted to see what the dogs looked like because my mom can be dramatic. And I was curious, like how big they actually were. I'm like, what are these dogs? Um, And we went that way and she was like, oh God, like they're, you know, they're at this fence and her little pug, she has this little fat, adorable snowflake pug. He was not scared at all. No dogs were out there. And he immediately charged the fence and was like jumping up and down on the fence and scratching it and was like, ah! 
like creating, he like had his own story. And I thought it was so funny because I was walking with her and she had all this fear built up about how she couldn't subject her dog to this, like potentially getting eaten. And then I look at him and he's like, come on, motherfucker. He's like, where are you? And it was totally her story about it. (laughs) So I'm like, how much of that do we like do to our horses? I know that I do that with my horses where I will see something from my human mind that I, that I would perceive to be scary. Like, uh, like if a tree had fallen or whatever from my past experiences, horses are, they can be spooky at like the way that a cut tree looks like when it's, when it, um, has fallen, it's just the way that they, their eyes, I've had horses say that their eyes are like that, but so it's funny how my mind automatically, like I'll be walking on a trail. I see a tree like that. And I'm like, ah, shit, there's a tree. Wonder how he's going to, you know, my mind is immediately like, I should probably go ahead and pick up the reins and support him through this before he even has an opportunity to do anything. (laughs) Why do we do that to them? Like, why don't we give them that opportunity to feel the way they want to feel first? And then we can react. But I think a lot of it comes down to fear. Like there's so much fear that is, I was going to say injected, but that sounds gnarly, but it kind of is like, like injected into us where it's like, wear a helmet, wear closed toed shoes. My mom put together for my birthday, like this little like baby book of, of all these things that I wrote when I was a kid. And I was like, my first horse is going to be a horse, which actually, ironically, I said it was going to be named Zip and my first like real horse as an adult is Kip. So it wasn't too far off, but I was writing down all of these things about how, like, I got to saddle my first horse today. And like, I just remember like my, obviously like there's liability in it from a trainer's perspective when you're teaching kids, because you've got somebody's kid, but just the, the things that I remember of everything that I had to do that was like so safe and, um, the vet that taught me how to trim hooves, like she was so specific on the way to hold the knife, which I do not do that anymore. Like it is not a safe situation for me, but (laughs) I also like telling my mom, I'm like, but I don't manifest that fear. I just don't live in fear. I'm just kind of like, I'm going to do things. And like, if I trim my horses and flip-flops and something happens, well, shit, then my energy was off that day. And like lesson learned, I need to be more mindful, but I do feel like there's not a need to be so fearful all the time. And I'm not saying don't wear a helmet if you, because if you have that fear-based mindset and you're just like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not going to wear a helmet because I shouldn't be scared anymore. If that fear is within you, you're still manifesting those (laughs) like situations. But yeah. How do you feel about all of that? Um, The thing that stands out, well, of course, because of the lesson I just taught so much material we can talk about. But usually it ends up having like a theme for the day. And today we we really talked about the micromanaging that happens. And I always tell people that if I had an end vision of what I want, I want to be able to ride them bridalist. And I don't want to have to, you know, have the reins. And I was talking to them about how that looks because my gelding that I have, I can ride bridalist. And I was showing them like, this is what the process looked like. The biggest thing that stands in people's way of being able to do that is their inability to stop micromanaging their horses. And so I was like, you have to be able to see if they're going to stop off your seat first, see if they're going to go left or right off of your leg before you pick up. How do you expect them to ever, you know, be able to give what, you know, get the answer right 
if you don't give them a chance and people are so afraid to make mistakes. And um, it was interesting because I have one client who she's riding with a neck rope. Her transitions were so good today. Walk to trot and then downward transitions were just all of her seat. And, but when I have people grab, they can have the rein and the neck rope in the hand. You see how much they automatically want to pull. And you feel it when you have your hand on the neck rope because you're like, oh, wow. I am like, you know, because we just don't know how much we're using, overusing things until we like know. And so um, we had worked on, we're working on the canner. And I was like, okay, go ahead and canner. And I just noticed how much the reins are being picked on and how much managing was happening. And, and so, you know, and then I, I stopped her and I checked in with her and I was like, how do you feel? And she was like, I just feel like I don't have any control. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause there's a lot of controlling happening. I was like, so you might as well just let go of the reins because if you don't have control doing all of that, you're no worse off. But it's funny too, when you bring in the canter and even though I feel like to the, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like to the horses, their legs are just being in a different pattern, but it, in mm-hmm. our brain, they canter all the time if they're out, you know what I mean? It's like, they're, but for humans, there's something psychological moving from like the trot or the walk into the canter. It's like, oh, I and then I had said, I was like, cause cantering is where the bolts happen. You know, it can happen from any gate. Right. But like more likely to happen if you're cantering, you know, that's where they buck. It's when they go sideways fast and you fall off. So I think that we already have that fear-based place, right? And so then when you go, okay, now grab the neck rope and let your reins dangle and, you know, and canter with no contact and see if you can get him to come. He stopped in every other gate. Why would the canter be different? It's just because your beliefs about what happens when you canter completely change, you know? And so it was just such an interesting, interesting moment when I, she was like, I just feel like I don't have any control. And I'm like, well, you're, you're doing everything you possibly could get to control it. Why don't we just drop everything and still, even if you feel out of control, you're still, <laughs> you're no different than you were with all of the stuff, you know? So it's so interesting to watch people's like minds and bodies and the way that they like, you know, connect. And I did this thing with Smarty. I was sitting on him and I was like, I, I would say, okay, I'm going to back him up now. And I would pluck and he would back up. And I said, okay, I'm going to move him forward now putting my leg on both instances and they were like how does he know and I was like I literally consciously just think I want you to back up now and I added leg to create the energy and he backed up I switched my thought to go forward because those little tiny micro thoughts that we have do affect our body you know what I mean but to like see just my thought changed what was happening whether it was my intention my energy physically something in my body changed it was so small and then you think about how like loud we scream at them when we ride with our freaking and I'm like if he could figure that out from me just changing a thought now think about how big of requests how loud your requests have been for forward movement or for turning or for stopping like and you wonder why all of a sudden people need stronger bits or they need spurs or whatever it's because we're constantly yelling at them and finally they're like whatever <laughs> like I cannot take all this you know so it is just so interesting to become aware of your thoughts and like what you're bringing and what you're actually manifesting um my mom is she rides my mare and in the lesson my mare likes to go off the rail she like whoop, you know and so she, when she came around the corner she's anticipating that happening so she's already riding her like she's done it. I'm like, 
why are we all so afraid to let them make the mistake? I'm like, you have corrected and then let it go. But most people will correct it and then they hold on to the story. Oh, when when we come around this corner, you know, she's gonna try to go off the rail. So I'm gonna swing her back over here. And then all of a sudden you have the horse is like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what what who cares if the horse goes off the rail? Put him back on the rail, let him go. They go back off the rail. Who cares? Put him back. You know what I mean? It's like the the allowing of the letting go of the control in between these moments where we think we're controlling. It's like we're all the, the margin for magic. You know what I mean? It's like you don't get to experience all of the self-carriage if you're carrying them all the time. You don't get to experience a horse that rides just off of your seat and your intention and that communication if you don't ever freaking let go and see if it'll happen. You know, people are humans are so afraid to have it not look the way it's supposed to look for even just a moment that you never get to the like good stuff. You know what I mean? It's so wild. Yeah. I have a lot of horses that know that too, about their people where they're just like, I can't even offer you, like I'm stuck within this movement because I can't offer you what you're asking for. Cause mm. you're just holding me back essentially. Um, and like, they will say, cause people get hung up on, Oh, well, back in March of 2021, I got bucked <laughs> off by him and we haven't cantered since. And I just need to know, how does he feel about the canter? And he's like, well, it's something that my body can do. Uh, you know, like they, they, they really don't hold on to the stories, but as soon as we start bringing in those freaking stories or our body starts tensing up in a certain way, I think the thing that I see the most is yeah, people probably hold on to the stories, but I, um, I feel like when a horse, like when someone's like, oh, my horse won't do this or that, it's immediately like they're just not riding the horse that they have that day. Like they're just constantly living in the past of like what that horse has done, how their experience has been. Or they'll say, oh, well, they don't do it for the trainer and I don't understand why they do it for me. And then we have to get into the whole like, well, it's not that you're, because people, people for whatever reason, when they work with a trainer who can ride their horse and get them to accomplish things and they can't, they fully believe that it's their skill level. And I'm like, it is not your skill level. It's like your mental limitation. That is totally your belief systems. And, and also it's people just not being aware of how their body feels like the neck rope thing is such a powerful tool. And I think I talked about this a little bit in one of our episodes where I was like, I realized when I was trying to do mounted archery that I couldn't ride with one hand. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what do you mean? I can't ride with one hand. Why can't I turn these? Like, I'm like, wow, sorry, Kip. Like for the last, however many years I've been riding you, I was probably so freaking crooked and like pulling on him without even knowing um, so I started only riding with a neck rope and it made me realize like, I'm like, oh my gosh, my body is so twisted. And I didn't know that because obviously our horses start to go in dysfunction for us. Like they, they have no other choice really, if we're like forcing them into it. Um, and I think when you ride with a neck rope and you give up that control, it really puts into perspective, like, wow, my left leg is really weak and my right shoulder comes forward. And there's all these things that your body does that you don't realize when you have, because when we start to take over that control with the reins, we are basically just trying to ask our horses to compensate more for what we're messing up. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like that's part of why people might not want to go the neck, 
they, they might not want to go into that because it takes, once you realize that it takes a ton of deconstructing and it throws off your whole, you, maybe you're close to show season and you'd rather just pull them around instead of fix things from like the ground up and then complain about it later. Cause I do feel like I, I do love my clients a lot. Um, and I'm not perfect, but I do feel like there are a lot of times where I will tell someone like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like you need to deconstruct this. And they'll just be like, Oh, well, my left leg is weaker. Like, I know that I just put my stirrup up another hole and it like fixes things. And I'm like, okay, well, you're only ready to hear what you're ready to hear. But yeah, giving up the control in the bridal. And that's so interesting to me too, to think about it from a purely energetic perspective, because so many horses and humans have like shut down throat chakras. And like, what do we do when we take up the contact? We're asking them to like flex at the pole and close off that whole area. And it's pretty, or it's the acceptable thing for them to be in this like frame and the whole throat chakra gets squished. And and what do humans do? Humans ride with their eyes down, which is like essentially mirroring like what they're doing to the horse. So I've been doing Jane Pike's work for like a couple of months now. And it's so interesting to me. She isolates certain parts of the body. Like right now I'm doing the dome of the diaphragm, but I was doing the heart before that. And how, like, she said that if you put your fingers, like at the top of your collarbone, like you should feel your heart. And I couldn't feel the top of my heart. So like my whole chest cavity was in the sympathetic and just doing like these very simple movement exercises for like three days, my heart totally like shifted up and like, I could feel it again. And she talked about when you're riding and how like typically when we're riding, we make a note to support the horse through our center line through a turn, but essentially the horse is always like in some sort of curve and we need to make our center line match theirs. And what we usually do is we like over-exaggerate our shoulders and our head like turning like how you were just doing Mm -hmm. and it pulls your center line off because like our center line is like pubic symphysis belly button um the manubrium the um seam of the nose and like your tongue tendon so like your your what's insane is like she she picks certain little body parts so like your the tendon of your tongue that can be off center and like throw everything else off Mm -hmm. um And she has this cool exercise where she has you like sit in your saddle and just imagine you were coloring in with a colored pencil, like um, where a certain body part would be. So you would pick a bone or you would pick like your actual like fleshy part. Then you think about like, is it more bony or is it more fleshy? And you, you colored in with the color pencil and you just think about those two points for a second. And then you move into the walk and you feel into it and like keep focusing on those two points and then go back to the halt and see like how you can color in those pieces again. And it's pretty crazy how just something mindful like that can shift the way that your pelvis is sitting. But I think a lot of it too is like people not really understanding. I feel like there would be more emphasis on on helping our bodies if we truly understood like the impact it is to our nervous system because Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that like our deep front line it runs like through our pelvic bowl and when it's in the parasympathetic it kind of fans out and like and goes up against our side so like when we have almost like a tubular body like we don't have that like sucked in waste our body is more in parasympathetic, but when you see those people that have hips and then you have like this super skinny, like hourglass figure, that's your 
body going and sympathetic to create that, like it all kind of sucks in and holds your organs in and, and all of that stuff. And there's so much of that happening within our bodies. And I think we all just need like a better awareness of our nervous systems. Cause like the brain really is it like fear is in the brain pains in the brain. We don't have little pain receptors in our body. Um, it's all coming from the brain. So if we had more, that's what I think is cool about the way that you train because you are very nervous system focused and you invite people to like feel into their bodies and, and get more in tune with their nervous systems. And I really wish that like, I would have had that when I was younger, you know, and I was thinking about like, I can't wait to have Celeste on next week because I was thinking about her work and like how cool it would be for kids to like grow up learning from like Jane Pike and you and Celeste where like you, the basics are not like we carry a crop and we kick to go. Like, what if, what if a kid gets on a horse for the first time and asks, how do I make this horse go forward? And it's like, well, you open your solar plexus and you lift up through your core and you think go forward. Like it would be such a cool world if that's, if we started getting away from that, like with kids. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think because they're so easy to teach stuff because they, they don't really have the fear anyways to begin with. And so tapping them into that, like it would be really incredible. I'm not like a big fan of teaching kids, <laughs> but somebody needs to do it. <laughs> there needs to be an entire shift of like every, everywhere. And I, I feel like there's a lot of trainers that are starting to realize the importance of this stuff, but then also are in a different world and have a struggle transitioning into, um, we have a trainer who's local. I think she's in my master class and she has a kid program and she's like, well, how do I start teaching the kids this stuff? You know, but the kids are, even the young ones are so already focused on, I gotta go to the show. I'm in pony club. I'm gonna go win the thing, you know? And I'm like, you just got to say like, this is the most important part. You know what I mean? And this is going to carry you through like your entire career with horses ever. You know, it's going to keep your horses sound. It's going to keep you safe. It's going to keep you sound like, you know, so I think having more trainers and more people be louder and more committed to the process themselves, you know, and, and that is the piece that I think, I think that's what's happening right now. And like the shift that is happening where I think a lot of old school trainers, like way, way, way back, we're not saying anything different than this. It's just the way that it's being said now is in a way that people can hear because people have gotten so far away from it. Um, And then obviously having like this tool of social media to be able to like spread it you bring your work forward in the way you're saying it. And, you know, people are, that's not new. And it's like, well, no, it's not new, but I'm saying it now. And there's different people listening and hearing my voice. So it's part of the whole process. Right. And I just think while our like humanity as a culture is kind of going through this like shift simultaneously, like, so is the horse world, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's very interesting to be able to watch. Yeah, totally. Craziness. So what would we say to people about this episode being more mindful about tell us how your body feels be mindful about how your body feels when you're riding your horse next time and I'd be curious too like how many people 
know like what their chakras are doing, what their energy centers are doing, because I teach a lot in my classes, like your the amount of information and the depth that you can get is so, um, so dependent on like how open and receptive your energy centers are. And like, you should be able to really like sit in your body. And, and if you focus on them, you can feel the energy move. And I'm Mm -hmm. curious, like how many people are even aware of that? Because just opening up, just even doing a chakra meditation and bringing awareness to each energy center can open up like so much for somebody. Yeah. Um, I used to do a meditation like that. You know what? I just had the thought that I'll do it. Um, my next group lesson or just whatever lesson I teach next, actually I'll do it. And, um, we can stick it in our membership, but I do an exercise that once they're on, it's like a warm up where you um, go through the chakras once you're on your horse and then you let it go through and connect. And then you focus on your horses, you focus on yours, and then you connect the two ground and connect. Um, so I'll record it next time I do it. Um, and we'll put it in the membership, but yeah, I think that, and then like just becoming more aware of maybe even like thinking about where am I invalidating my horses, um, experience and their responses to things, you know, where am I saying, Oh, you're fine when they're not actually fine. And they're telling you that they're not fine (laughs) because I, we like, we do it all the time. I do it all the time to the dogs. It's fine. You don't need to bark. You know, and it's like my horse. No, it's fine. Just trust me. And it's like, how about we validate first? That is crazy. That is a crazy sounding lawnmower and you can't see it and you probably should be worried. And I'm actually really grateful that, you know, that you are aware enough and not shut down to be able to recognize that that might be a threat. Like, thank goodness. Um, you know, and like validating and going into gratitude and then seeing what comes from that and then lending support and like a shift of focus if it escalates instead of writing them like it has already escalated and then creating something that maybe would not have even been there had you just cruised along. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Shaylee and Amber's awkward endings. Um, Also, (laughs) if you guys have not joined the membership yet, We'll put a link in the show notes. We have some exciting guest podcasts coming up um, that you only get access to if you're in there. We do release them eventually, but um, yeah, special if you're in the membership. And we um, uh, we have our book club and that is starting to wrap up. We do have a date. We're going to do a, um, a little get together with the author, Tammy Billups, and um, get to have some insight on the meat of the book. Like I'm interested to get to know her and, you know, um, now reading the book and having so much filled in for me, these little gaps of things I always wondered. And so that's going to be coming up. And if you join, then you get to hop on that call with us. Um, And of course, our tea parties that we do once a month are live question and answers, but also this one is going to be the Wine Wednesday edition, and that is going to be on the 24th, so you have time to get in on that. Um, I don't even actually like wine, but I might bust out a wine glass with something in it. (laughs) So we're doing it in the evening, so it's not like, you know, wine in the morning, not like the tea. Um, 
So yeah, so if you guys are interested in that, going a little bit deeper, we also are going to have access to some live workshops that we're going to do that only the members can do live. Um, we may sell them evergreen after, but for now, it's just for our members. So click on the link, get in there, look around, and um, if it's right for you, join us. So again, that's it. Have a good, I guess this will come out on Saturday. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Uh -huh.